Halloween, Halloween, strangest sights we've ever seen. Witches hat, cold black cats, ghosts and goblins, mice and rats. Halloween, Halloween, strangest sights we've ever seen. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, oh welcome God. our coven, welcome our spirit children, welcome one and all to the Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast. Halloween special. And we're going to do the whole thing like this and make you hate us. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. It is here. Here we are. Here we are. Coming into your ears on Halloween. We didn't even plan this shit when we started this podcast. We didn't even plan for our first Halloween special to be on Halloween. Nope. And be up in your earbuds, and yet here we are. Here we are. Yes, we are. We're here, and instead of listening to the sweet laughter of children in the streets begging for candies, you're here listening to us begging you. For Patreon money. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> Trick or treat. Hashtag Patreon trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, we're truly so delighted to be with you on Halloween. Yes. Um, we, it's our favorite holiday. Obviously, it is many of our listeners' favorite holiday. Yes. And we are just, we couldn't be I, more pleased to be here with you. Are we sure that's not a requirement? Like, Halloween has to be your favorite holiday. Like a questionnaire that you have to, like an application that you have to fill out. I'm just saying. I mean, we love one and all. We love one and all. Okay. Maybe not equally, but we love one and all. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh. She's not lying, though. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. It's Halloween. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, my biscuit is buttered. I am feeling it. My tootsie is rolled, it, honey. Uh, and <laughs> let me tell you, it is <laughs> particularly so. Particularly we, so. We are sitting here and we have got the candles going as per usual, but just the thought to know, just the thought of knowing that you guys are listening to us. On Halloween is so special to us. It gives me such power. It look. It my feeds nipples are hard. Us. They're hard. They're hard right now. Oh, ooh. They are. Oh, are yours yeah. hard? Mine are hard too. There are four hard nipples here. Bring four, it podcasting to you. Hashtag four <laughs> hard nipples. <laughs> the haunted hard nipples. Witchy nipples. <laughs> What's colder than a witch's tit? Her hot, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh it's lovely. It's it lovely. Is. So, well, this is extra special because we have two Patreon uh, invocations that we are doing, and guess what? Not to dim anybody else's shine, but 
Well, I guess it doesn't make any sense because I was just going to say that they have the power of Halloween on their invocations, but it's not Halloween when we're doing this. So they're just like everybody you ruined else. The illusion. You ruined the illusion. <laughs> you fucking shattered it. <laughs> we had a vibe going. Fuck. It was no, it's fine though, because we're just like future casting. We're drawing off of the power that we will receive in the future. Okay. By everyone coming together yep. on Halloween. Yeah. So it's fine. So we have two very special family members that we are welcoming. And I couldn't be more excited to welcome these two in particular. They are very, very dear friends of mine mm-hmm. um, who I have known for a very, very long time and I love very dearly. And it's, I, I love um, the support that we found in the community. And it's just awesome that like there are people who I don't know at all who listen, who love the show and same thing for Kenny. Yeah. And then there are people who we have known like literally our whole lives. And this has kind of opened up a whole new avenue for us to communicate with them and for them to enjoy the show. And so it's just really cool um, that there are people on both sides of the spectrum that enjoy the show so much. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Because if I was totally. being fake, everybody in my real life would just call me on my bullshit. But they yeah, I mean. Because <laughs> I'm really fucking like this, you guys, and it's not always a blessing. Listen, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you get a dose of her once a week <laughs> for about an hour, and maybe like, an hour, 13 minutes. And he's like, this is my life. This is my life. I, I live 20 minutes from this. <laughs> and I have to deal with this. Not daily, but weekly. Close to daily. <laughs> Close to daily and weekly, multiple times a week. And <laughs> this it's is a beautiful the second thing. time. This is the second time we've tried to record the Halloween special. Because the first time we tried to record the Halloween special, I was going to come over and it was going to be late night and spooky. But then I turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> and I was trying so hard yeah. to rally. Yeah. Yeah, she was trying really hard, and then it was it was on, and then it wasn't. I literally was, was like, "It's on. It We're doing it." She was like, I "Care?" Yeah, she was like, "No, no, no. We're I was good. Like, We're good." I will she was fight like, "This battle." No, she says, "I'm getting in the car. I'm headed over right now." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I'm here." Literally three minutes later. <laughs> so I'm not. I, I just can't tonight. I believe what I said is that like my burst of energy lasted only long enough for me to get out of the bed and walk to the door, and then that was it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so and that's yeah. what it's like. No, it's fun. I believe in the signs and energy and shit like that. And the energy was not right, but I'm gonna tell you what: the energy is right tonight. The vibes are good. I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. We've been laughing for an hour or so. We watched some Sabrina the Teenage Witch or, uh-huh. some, or Adventures, is it Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yep. We caught some of that. Yep. I have really good. Already finished. Yeah, this little season. bitch. Cause I drove we went out of town this weekend and I drove and he sat in the back like a little like a little adolescent prepubescent child and like with my watched, hood up and with like, his hood up, grumpy AF. With my headphones in. Watching Sabrina on his phone, going <laughs> hair hair tied every back, so chilling often. with no makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> every so often, I just hear from the back. <laughs> no, listen, I absolutely love this series. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's I really have good. Shown, Katie has watched the first episode, and it's so dark. And I am here for it. I'm not here, and what I'm not here for is for everyone to bitch about how it's not like the original because. 
while I love the original, uh, it was a totally different thing. It was a totally different vibe. Yeah, it was totally. It was it was different. But I am here for this dark, uh, devil. Uh, uh, worshiping. I do. I do sort of. The only thing that I miss from the original, because I'm totally into the new series and I enjoy it. The only thing I miss from the original is the voice of Salem, because I mean, I had a crush for sure on that voice. Didn't you also have a crush on Thackeray Binks? I did. Okay, so we have a pattern. Mm. <laughs> I promise. Boys, my cat. boys, <laughs> boys, boys. Boys who get turned into cats. Boys who get turned into cats. Look, I feel like if we think about it for a long time, it may lend some information. Perhaps they have a deeper knowledge of the pussy. <laughs> oh, God. There may be some logic there. I don't know. You know the guy who voiced Thackeray Binks grew up to be, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy on NCIS. He's a, I don't watch that. He was cute. He was, um, oh shit, he got made fun of a lot by that guy who was like the alpha male stereotype and really damaging masculinity. I don't remember, but look it up. He grew up to be a cute naval officer, policeman guy. Cute. Investigation. Words? Words. Words. We were going to do an invocation, and then we just kind of traveled away. Oh, one more thought about Sabrina. I have only seen the first episode. And my thoughts are that Harvey is a little soft in the in the mind. Um, I would say that he's he's naive. He's very naive. He's sweet, very sweet. Uh, but I'm hoping that he wises up. I will say that that whole like leave behind everything that you know and men and all that stuff. I mean, personally, I'm just one witch out of a bunch. But I feel like you're stronger with the dick. Some things, you just, you know, if you're trying to hold a sigil and fight a demon, sometimes you just need somebody to hit that demon a couple times just to slow him down, earn you some more time, work it out for you. True. I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm certainly more even, I make better decisions with the D. Okay. Than without. Okay. Less impulsive, less ready to hex a bitch. I'm just more calm. All right, so. So I'm just saying, Sabrina needs to present that in like a PowerPoint or something because she, you know, she's got that like whole like nerdy thing going on. I'm into it. I like it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Okay. Let us know if you guys want to talk about it some more. Yes. We can maybe we could maybe do something for the Patreon in that realm if that's something people are interested in. Perhaps. I don't know. You Who you knows? listen to us talk about nothing. We could talk about that. Who knows? Um, all right, so Patreon invocation. Yes. Before I, before we do the entire podcast. <laughs> we <laughs> we just, just keep do. coming back to it and never quite do it. Another thing about Sabrina. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're not listening anymore. We literally already tuned out. We're just here for the invocation. Just say my fucking name. Just say my name. Say my name. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. When nobody's when around you, say, say baby, baby, I love you. you. If you, you ain't, ain't running game. That's right. We know the words. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Is this a, a, a Halloween special or a fucking Destiny's Child special? <laughs> the Destiny's Child special scheduled for March. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Patreon invocations. Do you want to go first? Yes. As always, we have to explain what we're doing because <laughs> nobody fucking knows, including us. No. 
we have dressed these candles with goodwill, good intentions, um, heartfelt thank yous, and uh, just well wishes for you in life, um, in love, in whatever you need it to be, baby. And we will light these candles. They will burn beside each one of us uh, for the entirety of the episode, but of course, forever in our hearts. Our dark hearts. Thank you. So I will go first. I am lighting a candle for our newest trash talent aficionado. Her name is Paige S. And I am lighting for Sarah G. She is our newest Stay Spooky Squad member. Thank you, Sarah. All right, so thank you, uh, ladies. And thank you to everybody who gives to the Patreon. We love you all. Um, we are so thankful for you all. You guys keep us going, and you guys are just fucking awesome. Fucking amazing. Fucking awesome. And if you want to hear your name on the show, uh, and you want to join our Patreon family and get access to all kinds of really cool bonus content, um, and just extra discussion and stuff that's going on on the Patreon. If you want to be the first to know about things, we usually leak information there first. Um, you can find us at patreon.com slash the haunted heart for all of those goodies. And you can join, there's a bunch of different tiers and we are thankful for any support that you guys can give. Yes. We are in it together. Yes, we are. So, so are we going to dig through our big old We're going to pick through our full of bucket. Trick or treat candy. Yes, our little that bucket is today's of candy. Episode. Yes. So, I have a treat. Okay. And it's going to be a creepy pasta. I actually have a friend who had a Halloween party this past weekend and she made pasta in a crock pot and labeled it creepy pasta. Okay, that's that's cool. I was like, I love you. <laughs> like, that's you, cool. Will you marry me? That Would is you? cool. Would you consider it? Yeah. I, I I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was it was a cute idea. I'm sure it's been done before, but for whatever reason, I just had never thought of it in my in my brain. In my life. In my life. So yes. she said that, and I was like, <clears throat> So, gather round, light you a candle. Pull your jack-o'-lantern near so that the flickering light can dance upon the walls as we tell you the stories of the creepy. The world of the creepy pastas. (laughs) So, this story is called Trick or Treat. I don't know who wrote it, but you can find out. Probably they're an accomplished author. <laughs> I'm sure they're not a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not like all creepypastas are written by them. <laughs> all right. I'm going to call upon the powers of the Dark Lord to cue some creepy music. 
Don't bother trying to find it. You won't find anything about the name of the town or what happened here. This manuscript will be found long after the events that transpired in this place, but I hope against everything else that you are someone in a position of power. I pray to God himself that you can prevent this from ever happening again, but I don't want to give you too much credit. Like me, you are only human after all. They are not. They've been around for a very, very long time. Fat chance, really. You probably don't want that responsibility. And even if you did take it upon your shoulders to track them down, you can't single-handedly stop the children. They're manipulators. They're... <laughs> They're manipulators. Their manipulators are not on the grid. Whoever engineered this is in control of the world on a very disturbing level. This is what I want you to do. Read these pages, if they're still legible, and take what you will from them. Don't go on a wild goose chase and realize that when you find this book, that it will not be in the place where I left it. They'll move it somewhere else to deceive you. I've left my mark on a tree there. Only then, when you see my name, will you know this is the place. You may have even heard of it in the history books, but be assured, any rumors on Wikipedia or Google Pages that you pull up will be guesswork at best. I thought we were in a post-apocalyptic society, and apparently we still got the interwebs? Yeah. No. <laughs> on Wikipedia. No. Wikipedia is forever. Shh. You broke, my, you broke my vibe. This is what creepypasta is for. It is. None of them are even close to the truth. When you find the place, there may already be another town just like it. That's what I'm trying to stop. If we're not successful, then just realize, above all things, that evil exists. And she's sitting in front of me! <laughs> I'm not talking about bad people or tragic accidents. I'm talking real, intelligent, ancient evil. It is calculated and it is always one step ahead of you. Should you decide to take my place and become the paragon to prevent the corruption of the hearts and minds of children, I thank you in advance. Now I'm good. <laughs> See, that's how you know I'm not evil, because I'm always running late. Yeah. I ain't never been ahead of you. <laughs> I told you that I'm human. I lied. Well <laughs> I used to be. Before All Hallows' Eve on that fateful night. I've been alive since then, far longer than any human being. And the reason is because I love children. I've always mm. loved them in their purity and their innocence. Mm. That's why I was taken in by their ruse. That's why I finally decided to put all this down centuries later. I won't be here much longer and someone has to take up the burden. I've waited until I saw them return. They'll be back this year. They're planning the same thing again, and I can't stop them. Again, I can't expect that much from you, but I'm only giving you all this so you'll believe me. I have to be believable. If you think I'm crazy, you'll throw this in a garbage can and more people will disappear. It's time to tell you what happened. I'm rambling. Back then, All Hallows' Eve 
was the time for evil's ascension. You've all forgotten. If you left your house on that night in the old country, you were a devil worshiper. Halloween was not the term we used. We fled to the shores of this country because we were persecuted for our lifestyle choices. We worshiped nature, the changing of the seasons, the solstice of spring, autumn, winter, and summer. In the purest sense of the word, we were druids. Our names and accents were English, but we were servants of the earth. We were some of the first to celebrate it as a holiday. The natives here were puzzled by our behavior, but also frightened by it, and so they left us alone. They misunderstood. We were not the ones to be afraid of. At the time, I was relieved. They'd attacked us in our settlements time and time again, but as it drew closer to the end of October, they stayed away. Maybe in their own noble bonds with the earth and soil, they knew something terrible was on the horizon. They were right. Or maybe they were eradicated through or, systematic practices to murder or, them. Or, or that. Not or to be a downer. <laughs> or that. I'm sorry. Or that. I'm oh, sorry. That was a real life creepypasta. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. John Hunter's little boy wanted to be a native with a bow and arrow and a real headdress. Little Mary Taylor made a dress that was crafted after the local schoolhouse teacher's prettiest outfit. She idolized her educator, of course. They all had their get-ups. They were the first trick-or-treaters in what was to become the United States of America 150 years later. We sent them out to frolic about the settlement, collecting apples and tarts and other sweet things into their burlap goodie bags. There were no Snickers or Milky Ways. <laughs> Tragic. Ah. And that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> Period. And Only yet, toothbrushes and apples. And horrible. Bitch, I'll take both. And no vaccines. <laughs> Incurable disease. <laughs> and yet the magic of this holiday held no less sway over them than it does the youth of our current time. They dress up as the Joker, the Power Rangers, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> These children were their predecessors. I sent my daughter with Mary and John Hunter Jr. Despite our mistrust and wariness of the Anglican Church and the monarchs that presided over it. Fair. Fair. My, <laughs> valid. My little girl was dressed as the Queen of England. I refused to crush her fantasy world, and so I simply indulged her. We heard promises to return after sundown, to say yes ma'am and no sir, and not to linger too long if they were invited inside the households of our community. Yeah, don't linger too long, but go ahead and step in. You know, just to see. Just to don't see stay what's too inside. Long. But just don't stay too long. Bubbuck. We didn't realize that the house on the edge of the settlement existed until we saw the children go inside. There were no lanterns or sources of light in the windows, no fire or harvest dolls on the outside of the dwelling. No harvest dolls? <sighs> <sighs> As we sat in the middle of the town hall, imbibing in the pleasures of distilled moonshine, 
<laughs> so as we said, getting drunk as our kids. We're getting drunk. Our kids are going inside these strange houses that didn't appear to be there before. Everything's fine. It's a super chill night. I mean, it's not unlike what still goes on. It's fair. None of you will ever make it as potent as we did in those days. Uh, amongst our brethren, we watched our young ones gravitate across the middle of our town to the foreboding household that had seemingly been constructed overnight. <laughs> Great. Good. Yep. Sounds like where they should go. Still drinking. I guess, I guess nobody's going to stop them, huh? When we gazed upon it, it seemed as though the place was shimmering. It pained my vision to look upon the building, as if my senses were being forced and propelled in another direction. I wish I could do that with people. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Such a thing is difficult to put into words, but I seem to be the only one who realized that our kids were all heading to the same place. When I questioned John Hunter as if something was odd about their actions, he stared at me if I was as if I were insane. What do you mean, he asked. There's no house there. They're going to play by the stockades. Um, is that also? Should they be there, though? Isn't that where they, like, publicly executed people? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. Just, you know. I, we can't say anything. That would be us. <laughs> The sun had set by that point, but as I said before, none of them were concerned. The natives hadn't shown up for weeks. I decided to walk to the phantom dwelling that only I and the children could see to peer inside and see who these new settlers were and why it called to the youths as if it was a black hole in a sea of stars. Mm. I tried to stand outside to look through the window but when I saw what was happening, it was too late. I breached the doorway with my buck knife drawn, but there was nothing about the things inside that I could harm with a weapon. Mm. There's something deep inside of us, something embedded within the human spirit that's perfectly aware when we encounter something truly terrible. Fear, horror, evil, revulsion, it all hits you in a spastic wave, like a fierce, exploding bullet that shatters the innermost part of your soul with a relentless and powerful fury. I saw it in that moment, standing in that darkened doorway. They weren't people, and they weren't spirits. They were halfway there, lingering over the unconscious bodies of my daughter and her peers in their hooded black robes of half-existence. There was one in particular who made me feel as though my eyes would pop like ripened cherries when I stared at it. It was the leader, the source of that tug, the pull, and it was slowly fading, disappearing like a gaseous black cloud of death through my little girl's nostrils and mouth. She was gasping for air as if every breath after that one, after every as if every breath after the one that preceded it was filled with Good acid. God. That, that was hard. What a phrase. As if she were hungry for real fresh air in her small lungs. With every breath, the figure faded deeper into her, along with the rest of them. I wish I could say that I was a hero and that I hacked them all to bits. 
I wish I could say that I saved the day and made Halloween a night when the worst thing that children have to worry about is poisoned candy. It didn't happen. There was one of That's them. That's still a pretty bad thing, though. Like, you know, well, yeah. I mean, you know, the only thing you have to worry about is fucking poison candy. Like, but mm, we'll talk about it. Yeah. There was one of them left, floating toward me on elongated, blackened tendrils of shimmering nothingness. By all real means of my imagination, it shouldn't have been there. But it was, and soon it was going inside of me. The last thing I saw mm. <laughs> were their little feet scurrying out of the phantom house and into the town. I felt that something terrible was about to happen. I had no idea. Everything went black, and then I was outside of myself. I was conscious, but observing my feet, my hands, doing things beyond my own scope of physical control. They led me and our children into our meeting hall, where, of course, the kids were embraced by the open, loving arms of their parents. I witnessed the betrayal, the brutal moments in which the truth instilled by the love for family and offspring would transform into a cause for the destruction of our village. They absorbed them. There's no better adjective for what happened. One moment they were there, and seconds later, they were nothing but dark essence filtering in through the eyes and noses and mouths of their devil children. It was over in minutes. A night that should have been a celebration of nature, of the seasons, had turned into the end of everything that we knew and loved on our new land. I started to fight it. The kids knew. The moment I began to resist, to try and reclaim my limbs and mind from the corrupting influence within, their heads snapped back from their feast of souls to survey me in my struggle. My daughter's eyes were sunken, black pools of the abyss, devoid of any emotion, any semblance of the bright-eyed stare that she once held for me and all her love and adoration for father. I missed that the most, really. The way she'd run to me when I came in, I lived for that. What reason do I have to live now other than to find her and stop them? I'm incapable. That falls on you, my friend. They took the part of my daughter that counts, the part that I loved and cherished, and turned her into a servant. You ask me why I'm still alive, and again, it's because I love her so very, very much. Her body is a hollow shell filled with the malefice and blackness of evils beyond our world. The black-robed things have grown as centuries have passed. They are from some place that is not of this world, but their urgency, their hunger to devour and destroy, is insatiable. It's an exponential, amplifying contagion on mankind. And All Hallows' Eve is their pinnacle. Their Christmas. Are they talking about us? <laughs> they might be. Fuck. <laughs> I've done my best to warn you throughout history to leave my mark in places where their desolation has left nothing but dust on the wind and empty houses, a deserted football field in a Texas ghost town, a card room in the back of a nightclub in Chicago, right under the nose of civilization, Roanoke Island, North Carolina, before John Rolfe found it in the aftermath. 
The thing that I expelled through sheer force of will alone has left me with an unusually long and empty life, devoid of anything but my desire for revenge. I have failed. I'm pleading with you. October 31st is not long away. My little girl, or what's left of her, is going to lead them to the same place. It's been refounded, except now it hums with sport utility vehicles and cell phones. <laughs> I don't want this to happen to your child. Go to Roanoke and stop them from repeating the ritual. Those bodies they inhabit now are frail, on their way out. It's been almost 500 years. They'll need new ones on this Halloween. Look for a building that appears as though it shouldn't be there. It will be across from that very tree where Good. I signed my very name. Very specific. Where I made my mark. I changed my title, named myself after the tribe of natives who knew it was coming, who perhaps tried to warn us, but for some reason, we failed to heed or recognize their warnings. Yeah, that's called racism. Yeah. And fucking... Uh, Genocide? Is that the word? Yes. Yes. 100% genocide. genocide. Yeah. Racism, genocide, all of that. They, they maybe could have told you if you had, you know. If you didn't kill them. And rape them and deliver disease upon them. Just saying. They were more closely attuned to the earth than us, and yet they were still wiped out eventually. Yeah, by you. Again. <laughs> again. Again, you. <laughs> Trick or treat. Go now. You don't have much time. And end. Fiend. Fiend. End. That was fiend. a lot. That was a lot. I feel like that was a Target ad for buying trick or treat candy. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if just that whole thing was like a Target? One massive Target ad. Two for one special, assorted mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So trick-or-treaters are possessed by demons? No, they're, it's like, um, like Sarah Sanderson when mm -hmm. she leads them to the house to get devoured. Oh, uh-huh. That's what they do. I like it. Yeah. Just saying. Cool. I mean, I just feel like, you know... The only thing that they have to worry about now is poisoned, poisoned candy. That's the least of their worries, right? True. Which, very interestingly, it's funny that you chose that creepypasta because initially when we were preparing for the episode and kind of researching what we wanted to talk about, uh, I was going to cover the case of the Candyman, also known as the Man Who Killed Halloween, also known as uh, Ronald Clark O'Brien, I think was his name. Um... Yeah, Ronald Clark, Clark O'Brien. Uh, everybody knows that story, and everybody who has a fucking true crime podcast has covered that story this month. So that one got nixed. Um, if you don't know that story, My Favorite Murder just did a very um, like in-depth look at it. Um, Georgia covered that case, and I was pissed when they dropped that episode because I was like, guess I got to find some more shit to talk about. <laughs> but um, it's the case of a man who took out a large life insurance policy on his child, on his son, and then uh, in order to cover up his murder, poisoned several pixie sticks with cyanide. And 
made his son very, very sick. His son actually did die. It was very sad. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer, uh, but it is festive oh. in a strange way Fuck. for the season. But I'm not covering it because everybody else covered it. We've got to be different. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Um, poisoned Halloween candy is a lie made up off, based off of that one very specific case that was very specific to that one household. And who cares what's in your children's candy? You know, you know what's in your children's candy? A shitload of high sugar. fructose corn syrup. Yes, high fructose corn. All of their candy is poisoned. All of their candy is poisoned because it's all got that high fructose corn syrup bullshit in it. Yeah, and you know, it's fine. Do you know Target actually has had had an organic trick-or-treat candy section amongst the sea of Snickers and caramel apple pops and Reese's cups? There's just this fucking sad, starch-looking paper bag candy. Yep. It was in, like, It's, like, made out of little, recycled, yeah. like... Tissues. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you had this sea of like black background on the uh, the shelves. And then this one small section was like, I think it was like a pale blue, mm-hmm. pastel blue. And it was like organic. Organic. Literally said just like that. Yeah. Organic. Yeah. I do think that you should. I still think it was full to this day. I went back today to Target, and I'm like, well, nobody's touched that. Here's the thing. It's Halloween. It's one night of the year. If your kid wants to have a little bit of a special treat, then let them is the thing. But I do think that everybody should also have an alternative to candy because there are people who do have food allergies and kids who have food allergies. And the more humanity exists upon this planet because we're not truly meant to be here. We are a pox on uh, the universe. And... The longer that we exist here, the more horrible food intolerances we have. And so there's a lot of kids nowadays that can't have the peanuts that are in the Snickers or the chocolate or the whatever. And so you should always try to be prepared for those guys, too, because they want to trick or treat as well. That's why you get the multi-assortment big jumbo bags True. from the grocery store that has like the sweet tarts. Yeah. The lollipops. Yeah. All of the or, you know, I like to have my bucket of candy and a bucket of snakes for the kids who are allergic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and a and snake for you, young man. And the and child's just like, what the candy fuck? Candy for you and an intense stare down for you. <laughs> and now I will stare at you for No, we a actually whole just minute. light them a candle <laughs> and hand it to them. That's lovely. I would I take that. it. And then they drop it and burn our home down. <laughs> you take it and then you actually hand them, you start to hand them the candle, but instead you just throw the hot wax in their face. Oh, no. I was going to say. Get I thought, better. I thought you were going to say that the kid take, would take it and then throw it through the window of my house and be like, bitch. <laughs> the fuck is you this? You as a trick-or-treater. Nasty bitch. Anyway, I've told you what I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. Delayed reaction on nasty bitch. I want that as a sound bite every time I get a text message. <laughs> every time you call me. <sighs> Nasty <Anyway>. bitch. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we can turn that into a ringtone and offer it on our Patreon. I mean, if you, How do you want do it. That? How do, we need to figure that out. <laughs> Haunted heart ringtones. Oh, my fucking God. Next, I mean, le- next level. We could do that. I feel like. 
I'm into we it. We kind of like backwards fucked our way into getting the podcast. I'm sure we could do the same with the ringtones. I figure out how to do that. Let us know if you're interested. Are you in interested? That, seriously. Do you want us shouting out? Answer your fucking phone. <laughs> All right. I've told you what I'm not going to talk about. Now I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about. So, what actually, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to talk about. I'm oh, just going to tell okay. you a story. All right. Okay. So we're going to gather around. It's a creepy pasta, but it's real. So oh. it's like. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Shade on this Halloween, honey. So the year was 1957. The number one song of the year was Elvis's All Shook Up. Dwight D. Eisenhower was president, and he was fucking around with some aliens or some shit. Yeah. Right? The alien treaties. And in Sun Valley, California, a murder was afoot. A murder was a foot. A foot was murdered. A foot, a foot was murdered. Um, a foot was murdered. A foot attached to a guy in Sun Valley. We're doing it. Sun Valley. We're not Sun in Death Valley. Valley. Sun Death Valley. Va- no, Death Valley is in Nevada. Yes, I think. Yes, it might be in California, headed into Nevada. Cool. All right, fact check it. Sure. Send me an email. So it was October 31st, just after 11 p.m. Betty Fabiano and her husband, Peter Fabiano, had just turned out the light on the front porch and headed upstairs to bed when suddenly there was a knock at the door. Nice. Peter headed back downstairs thinking that it was just a tardy trick-or-treater. In fact, just as he opened the door, Peter said, It's a little late for this, isn't it? Fuck you, bitch. Open the goddamn door. (laughs) On the doorstep was a figure in blue jeans, a khaki jacket, red gloves, and heavy makeup wearing a black domino mask. Think Robin's mask from Batman and Robin franchise. Oh, okay. The figure replied, no, and raised a brown paper bag. A loud noise rang out, and Peter Fabiano fell. The figure ran away into the night, disappearing into the night, Betty Fabiano ran downstairs only to find her husband dead with a bullet lodged just below his heart. Ooh. Police, who were called by Betty's daughter from a previous marriage, Judy, thoroughly investigated Peter's past in the hopes of finding bad blood. Besides a small misdemeanor charge of working as a bookie in 1948, he was totally clean. So they couldn't think of anybody who would want to hurt this guy. They couldn't think of any enemies that he had that would want to do this. Um, He was clean. Betty, though, said she did know of somebody who might want to hurt Peter, and that person's name was Joan Rabel. A family friend, Rabel, was picked up by the police, but later she was released due to lack of evidence. Two weeks later, police found the murder weapon, a thirty-eight Smith & Wesson revolver, in a storage locker at a gun department store downtown, in downtown L.A., the gun, curiously, was registered to a lab assistant at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, 42-year-old Goldine Pizer. Goldine? This, Goldine. Like the Pokemon. Yes. Yes. Goldine, Goldine. Goldine, Goldine. Now all I'm going to imagine is that, like, big, like, porn star fish. Goldine, Goldine. <laughs> she was, like, really sexual. Goldine, Goldine. 
There was something going on there. <laughs> All I can imagine is this Pokemon is a murderer now. Go Dean, go Dean. Now, is it a fish floating out of like any context, just floating in midair? Or is a fish where the head of a person would be and then the body of a person? I think uh, just a, a fish floating anywhere. Yeah, like midair, like a yep. big one yep. that's just like floating. Yep. And appears to be swimming, but there's no water. Yep. Yeah, me too. That's what I saw as well. So at this point, we ask, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so let's rewind a bit. Peter and Betty Fabiano met each other in the late 1940s. Peter was an ex-Marine, and Betty was a gorgeous divorcee with two children. Ooh. Although they initially met and married in Kingston, New York around 1950, they moved to L.A. in 1956 and opened two beauty shops together. The Fabianos met Joan Rabel when Peter hired her to work in one of their salons. Rabel was a 40-year-old freelance photographer from Philly who also spent time taking writing classes at the University of Honolulu. A divorcee just like Betty, Rabel spent a lot of time with the couple and eventually became very close. So close, in fact, that when Peter and Betty began having marital problems, Betty moved in with Joan. Oh. Now, <clears throat> there's a ton of suspicion that Betty and Joan had a lesbian relationship, both leading up to and during the period that they lived together. Peter was obviously very threatened, making it a condition of his reconciliation with Betty that she cut off all contact with Joan which Betty eventually did to reconcile with her husband. Now, keep in mind that this is only 10 years, uh, 1957 is only 10 years after the Black Dahlia murder, and in the news coverage of that investigation, lesbians were depicted as murderous degenerates, <laughs> although the Los Angeles papers would never dare use the actual L word in print, preferring tortured, oblique references that the women were, quote, abnormal. So abnormal was kind of a keyword in that time period, in that specific time period for lesbian. And that word was used with, uh, in relation to Joan Rabel and Betty Fabiano's relationship. Abnormal. Oh, abnormal. if they could only see us now. <laughs> Honey, you don't have to be a lesbian to be abnormal. Let True. me tell you. True. Let me tell you a thing or two. Tell you a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> So, we have that whole element of the case. So, following Betty's reconciliation with her husband, Rabel began a sexual relationship with Goldine Pizer, whom she presumably met at one of Los Angeles' secret, but not-so-secret, gay bars. Pizer was also a transplant to L.A., having been born in Rockford, Illinois, as the daughter of German immigrants. By 1940, she'd moved to Los Angeles and started work as a secretary. In 1944, she married Herbert Crum, a pharmacist at the local naval hospital. The marriage didn't last long, though. Probably because she was a lesbian. Just you gonna know. say. I mean, I'm just lesbian married to a man. Just didn't quite, didn't quite work out. So that marriage didn't last long, and the couple shortly divorced, leaving room for Pfizer to be more free about exploring her sexual attraction to other women. By all accounts, Pfizer has been described as a not-so-bright, very-eager-to-please type of person, exactly the kind of person who would play right into manipulative hands. So after Betty and Peter reconciled, Joan became obsessed with destroying Peter Fabiano. 
She was consumed by jealousy, and it was in this frame of mind that she seduced Goldine Pizer, some say with the specific intention of convincing her to murder Peter Fabiano. Peter, te- P- I'm sorry, Pizer. Peter didn't testify to nothing, baby. <laughs> Pizer testified at trial that Joan laid the groundwork for, murder, for the murder for over a month, continually telling her that Peter deserved to die. And this is a direct quote from Goldine. She said, quote, she painted him as a vile, evil man who wanted to destroy all people around him. Although I had never seen him, I built up an intense hatred for him, end quote. So on the night of the murder... Rabel drove Pizer to and from the Fabiano house and sat for over two hours outside the home in a car they borrowed from a friend of Rabel's. And the reason that they did the whole car borrowing thing is so that, and, and Rabel later did this, when the police came and questioned her about her whereabouts that night, she was quickly able to say that her car was home all night. Yeah. Because it was, because she borrowed her friend's. But what was not there at the house all night and what her neighbors later testified to and told police was her. So the neighbors said, yeah, the car was there, but, but, but like, she, wasn't. she wasn't there. <laughs> so Yeah, she had a car there, but you know, she wasn't there. For sure. Her didn't, lights were her lights were off. Didn't quite work out. I want a light on in the house, so I know she won't there. You gotta turn the lights on, people. Should have left the fucking light on. That's why you gotta have the lights on. Like the fucking Motel 8. Is that the Motel 8? Yeah. Leave a light on for you. Might be Motel 6. Motel 6. Motel 666. Mm. We'll leave something on for you. Pfizer, so Pfizer also testified that it was Rabel who dressed her for the murder. In later testimony described by Kingsport by the Kingsport Times News, Rabel and Pfizer believed that they had burned their clothes following the murder, and then they returned the car to the friend they borrowed it from. Can I just say, please don't ever borrow my car for a murder. Like, can you fucking imagine being that friend and being like, God damn, I just thought you needed to go to the 7-Eleven, bitch. Bitch, you just told me you needed to go pick up somebody from the airport. You and- didn't say... You were going sending to somebody go. home to Jesus, like right? Did you get blood in my car? I would be so pissed. How awkward would that be? You get your car back in the next day, and there's like blood, so much blood. Somebody murdered somebody in the car, and there's just so much fucking blood everywhere. Uh, if if you barred my car and that happened, I would take a picture, send it to you. Probably just be like, uh, bitch, what? <laughs> I know you better get over here with some shouts so we can shout this out. But you gonna help me clean this <laughs> up, this mess. I wouldn't do that. No, you, you, you wouldn't leave that mess. I'd take it to the cleaners first. You wouldn't leave that mess. I'm really very clean. No. So, basically, they, they burned their clothes. They, I don't even know why Rabel burned her fucking clothes. She didn't even do anything. <laughs> But they burned she their clothes. She was extra cautious. I'm going to burn my clothes. You weren't even <laughs> let me there. Just, let but me no, just I'm going to burn my clothes. I'm going to burn my clothes. <laughs> like Even the ones included. in my closet. I'm going to go burn them now. <laughs> so they burned their clothes. They returned the car to a friend, uh, to the friend they borrowed it from. And then Rabel tells Pizer, forget you ever knew me before parting ways. The next day, realizing that she still had the 38 Smith & Wesson revolver from the night before, Pizer rented a locker at a department store in downtown L.A., and she left the murder weapon there to be discovered by the police later and traced back to her. Great. Not bright. Uh, a, a trail. I'm just going to rent a locker with my name. 
Well, okay, so I'm not 100% sure that the locker had her name on it, but the gun was definitely registered to her, so it might as well have. Right. It might have as well have been registered to the murderer. Hey. You go to do the to get out the, the box, and it's like, name, the murderer. The name, first name, the murderer, last name, the, murderer. <laughs> the murderer. And what will you be depositing? A murder weapon. Okay. So... Both Pizer and Rabel were charged with first degree murder. Pizer pleaded innocent by reasons of uh, by reason of crim- crim- bleh, having bleh, bleh. Pizer pleaded innocent by reason of insanity at the trial, and Rabel also pleaded innocent. While Pizer wept dramatically as she recounted the events for the jury, Rabel was said to be smiling as she was led out of court that day. A psychiatrist testified at trial that Goldine Pizer had told him, quote, I had no motive personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting, end quote. Which I kind of feel like from her actions, like renting a storage locker and just ditching the gun there and hoping for the best, like even though it was registered to her, she does seem a little overly naive, but at the same time, that's also me anytime I get in trouble. I have always been impressionable and easily trusting. Thank you. It is not my fault. Uh, it's not my fault. I am just totally irresponsible. I'm too irresponsible. <laughs> I didn't ask to be an adult. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so eventually both women's charges were commuted to second degree murder after they took plea deals and they received five years to life in prison. Five to lie. That's right. Not five. Not not 25. Five. Just the five. Cool. According to the LA Times, Pizer was eventually released and remained in the Los Angeles area. In 1971, she was made officer of the Miracle Mile chapter of the Professional Women's Club. She died in 1998 at the age of 83. Markedly less is known about Rabel. She was presumably released from prison at some point, but there is little trace of her after 1957, and that is true. I actually committed a significant amount of time to researching oh, after. Oh, fuck. Right. But, well, because every article that I found, it was just like, and then we don't know what happened to Joan Rabel. And I was like, um. I will find out what happened to Joan Rabel. So, like, I, I put in some time trying to find out what happened to her and legit there is like no mention of her after 1957 she went to jail that's it presumably she got out at some point because she only got like five years to life and they were like really soft on women this this case in particular it's known as the trick-or-treat murder and it's kind of one of the cases that people point to um to say as like an example of the court being soft on women, on female murderers, ah. um, because they only got five years to life. So that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Betty Fabiano, uh, of course, obviously much outlived her husband. She went on to live a full life. As far as we know, she passed away at the age of 81 in 1999. Very sad. I mean, he seems like he was an upstanding dude. That we know. Yeah, I mean, he was clean as far as, like, criminal stuff, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't marry people you don't want to be married to is the thing. You know what could have solved this? Open relationship. Boom. 2018. Solved it. In 2018, this could have worked. (laughs) 
Could have been fine. It could have been like a like we, a a TLC reality TV show. We could have had it all. So the I, Haunted Heart Podcast. Uh, That's our autobiography. <laughs> no, uh, I have to give credit to the LA Times and the Kingsport Times News and Broadly for that story because they covered um, a lot of that. They gave me a lot of good details on that one. Yeah. So that's the trick-or-treat murder. Everybody's talking about poison and candy. But we're different. (laughs) We're so different. There's actually a couple interesting uh, murder cases that involve Halloween in one way or another. Some of them more macabre than others, I will warn you. There was a case that I was looking into to potentially do for this episode, but it was like a really gruesome child murder, and I did not want to like kill anybody's vibes. Oh, come on. On the Halloween episode. Are you serious? I felt like if I told that, like at least this one was, I mean, it's a murder case. It's always sad, but this one is like, at least everybody was adults. The other one, it's just like 15 to 20 minutes of me talking about the most horrible child abuse and murder and dismemberment. And then everybody's just like, okay. Just a real a real downer there. Everybody's at work at their desk, just like <sighs> Janet, I'm gonna take a 15. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> oh. So you have a fascinating, fun, super festive segment, right? Yes. Yes, I do. So I have a little segment that I am going to call Trick. Or tweet. Adorable. Isn't it, though? So, I thought it would be funny to have a nice little laugh and search through a couple of hashtags uh, from people that are anti-Halloween and just see what pops up. Sure. And just maybe maybe read somebody for filth, you know. See what happens, right? All right, sure. So These are my favorite all... kinds of people. What could possibly go wrong? Right. So <laughs> we pull up a tweet from one of our fucking listeners. <laughs> no, you would get extra nah. red. You would have <laughs> no. a whole episode. Honey, <laughs> <Come> here. <laughs> you wouldn't even have to join the Patreon for that bonus content. <laughs> anyway, no, I just felt like all right, so. You know that there are people out there who do not like Halloween, and I don't associate with those people. (laughs) Uh, No, seriously. I find it really hard to like somebody who doesn't like Halloween. And that's just me being honest. Like, I'll respect you as a person. (laughs) I'll respect you. (laughs) But I just, I can't kiki with you. Mm. It's like that next level. Right. Like, I can't, like, oh, hi. Hi, Barbara. (laughs) Oh, did you have a good day? Okay, great. Awesome. I'll catch you in the office. Oh, you need, here's some creamer. I've got some extra creamer left over for your coffee. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll see you in your cubicle. All right. (laughs) Have a great day. How's the kid doing? Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. That's about as far as it'll go. I used to have a cubicle. I'm not shitting on cubicles. I used to be a cube boob. (laughs) (laughs) all right so and some people uh have the misconception that this is the or that halloween is the devil's birthday what yeah (laughs) who the 
fuck? Yeah. Have you never heard of that? Oh. Is it? No. Have you never heard of that? Here's the thing. Is it because Christmas is supposedly, which is also wrong, Jesus' birthday? Baby, Jesus was born on Christmas. He was born in that manger underneath (laughs) that star next to the horse and donkey. (laughs) He was born in that hay. Just like the precious moments set. (laughs) There were three donkeys, and there was a cute little sheep with the black spots on it, and they were all wearing crowns. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess since Christmas is supposedly Jesus' birthday, Halloween is Satan's birthday? Yeah, and instead of gifts of like... I think that's written down anywhere, though. No. But, you know, instead of gifts of, like, frankincense and myrrh, you get porn and and uh, BDSM. I mean, it sounds like a fun time to me. I'm going to be honest saying. with you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you just get a, you know, a, what's that you thing? You get a porn, cat of cigarettes, and a lotto ticket. What's that thing? Happy cat- birthday, Satan. <laughs> what's that cat of nine tails? Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. I knew you would know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I thought the first hashtag that we'll search is hashtag the devil's birthday. All right, so here's our first one. The devil must have been born on a Monday. Hashtag I hate Mondays. You know what? I agree with that one. (laughs) Hashtag the devil's birthday. Well, that's not Halloween related at all. I kind of agree with that one. Except that the devil, like, if if the devil, I feel like the devil also would hate Mondays. Like, I feel like Satan would be like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to work. Do you think he would party on Sunday? A hundred percent. Oh, he loves Sundays. A hundred percent. Because he's down there partying. He's definitely fucking waking up. A fucking orgy. He has orgies on Sunday. He's waking up late. He's fucking zonked out of his mind. He's hungover. Yeah. Okay. Next tweet. Happy birthday, Sylvia and Jen. Hashtag the devil's birthday. (laughs) I don't really think this is the right hashtag. (laughs) But happy birthday, Sylvia and Jen. What's wrong with Sylvia? I hope y'all had a good day. (laughs) Hashtag the devil's birthdays. Uh, Princess Garbage Face Publications. Thank you, Satan. (laughs) Hashtag the devil's birthday. Oh, look at the time. It's beer o'clock. Hashtag, Hashtag the, the devil's, devil's birthday. birthday. I'm into that one. I feel ne- like that is in the true spirit of Satanism right there. This, okay, well, maybe this one will be too. This is from, uh, uh, the handle is Satan's fuck buddy. All right. Sounds like a good time. Just shaved my taint. <laughs> Hashtag the devil's birthday. Hold, hold on. Just shaved my taint. Hashtag ready for the weekend. <laughs> Hashtag busting nuts, fucking sluts. <laughs> Is this actually Satan's like Twitter? Hashtag fuck to come. <laughs> Hashtag excess. Oh my god. Wait, what? Hashtag is the, the devil's name? birthday. Hashtag excess? Excess. <laughs> excess. That's my favorite wait, part. Let's just hold on. Was that let's, wait, what was that username? Satan's fuck buddy. I gotta follow that. <laughs> Listen, look, you go on here and it says, followed by no one you follow. Oh. <laughs> you know what? It's about to say followed by one. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Okay. <laughs> Next tweet. Catch flights, not feelings. Hashtag the devil's birthday. None of this has to do with Halloween. Oh, here we go. At Jesus needs new PR. <laughs> I mean, I accurate look, though. You have Satan's fuck buddy out here doing it up, doing the most. Jesus Christ, she can't be all that Christian if she celebrates Halloween. Hashtag the devil's birthday. Fuck you. She can't be all that Christian. She can be whatever the fuck she wants to be and celebrate Halloween. Fuck you. Oh, and that's all. That's all the tweets for that one. All right. Okay. Next tweet, we will search hashtag no to Halloween. Maybe that will be a little more specific. Okay, here we go. From Courageous Chrissy. My kids. It's going to be good. (laughs) Courageous Chrissy? Yeah, with a K. All right. And a double S. Let's go. My kids will not be celebrating evil spirits. Or anything Halloween. Only gonna go pumpkin picking and to carve that only. Wait, no, but no, but, but wait. wait. But jack-o'-lanterns, courageous Chrissy. Girl. Jack-o'-lanterns. What? Salon? Do we should we I, hmm? Should she listen to the last episode, the episode before this, where we talked about all the Salon and the Jack I think we and, should send her a link. So, yeah, all right, and then it continues. The only reason they know anything about it is because nursery and school shoves it down their throats. Throats? T-H-R-O-U-T-S. Yeah, throats. Hashtag no to Halloween. She was responding to a tweet that says, Halloween has become so commercialized, people have totally forgotten the true meaning of Satan. (laughs) next tweet if god is not honored we won't be participating hashtag no to halloween and that it depends on which god you're talking about baby right which one which god we're talking the horned god (laughs) who knows okay next one as dumbledore said now listen fuck you already (laughs) <laughs> don't Kenny even Kenny has a soft spot there because he loves him some Dumbledore and he is very excited for Jude Law to fuck it up uh, in a good way I mean in a good way I mean yeah fuck it up like good dark times lie ahead of us and there will be a time when we must choose between what is easy and what is right hashtag no to Halloween what what kind of fucking braveheart shit is that I don't know alright next one I just saw a scream mask on a headrest in someone's car. I almost peed myself. Hashtag no to Halloween. Hashtag when is Thanksgiving? Look, just because you a bitch, George, does not mean that everybody else has to suffer with you. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just saying, you saw a scream mask on a headrest and that got you? (laughs) Right. Come on. What the fuck? If you are a Christian, don't celebrate Halloween. And this one is a picture of a pumpkin that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hashtag no to Halloween. These people. Again, we didn't say which Lord, though. For real. 
Halloween is the one day a year when neighbors come to your door expecting to receive something. So give them Jesus. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that one's my favorite. So give that them. That one's my favorite. Just give them little chunks of him. Just, Just break a piece off. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. This next one, before going back home, I felt so warm because the Holy Spirit was with me. Hashtag no to Halloween. Baby. <laughs> you were feeling warm? <laughs> Are we sure that wasn't Satan? <laughs> we'll see. We'll maybe do one more. Okay. I wish people looked more into these holidays they celebrating. It's more than just costumes. Don't be a sheeple. Hashtag no to Halloween. I'm not sure what that person's mad about, though. Listen, if you use the term sheeple, you might be a sheeple. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I fucking hate that word. <laughs> Stop fucking using it. I sheeple. sheeple. What I fucking you have i could do a whole fucking episode on how much i hate that word and people who use that word because it makes no fuck it is complete you are being a sheeple by using the term sheeple in that way right fair. i wonder who invented that like i wonder when some that came fucking I, i'm i'm not gonna go there you and feel really deeply about that i didn't I know you fucking did. hate it i didn't know you hated that word so much i fucking hate it wow so somebody's gonna make up a hashtag for the show that involves the word sheeple. I will pay you to do that. <laughs> no. Jesus. Oh, oh, sorry. Satan. <laughs> so that was trick or tweet. Trick or tweet. Trick or tweet. That was cute. Yeah. So we're almost at the end. At the conclusion. The conclusion the of the Halloween. So I just wanted to leave you guys. With some rules. They're all the rules that you need to have to celebrate this night. I want them to have I want you to have it so that you are prepared. Please tell me that one of the rules is um what was it that Satan's fuck buddy said? Fuck to come. Fuck to come. Fuck to come. Rule number one. Hashtag <laughs> fuck to come. No, this is a <laughs> Satan's fuck buddy messages us. Oh my God. I hope I'm going to send a message and be like, you should check out this podcast. <laughs> Anonymously. Hey, this had an episode on you. <laughs> no, very simple. You may, if you've ever watched uh, the film Trick or Treat, uh, you will know these rules. They are from that film, but I wholeheartedly believe in them. And that is number one. Dress in costume. Number two, pass out your treats. Three, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern. And that one actually really pisses me off, too. Let your fucking yeah. jack-o'-lantern yeah. burn out. Yeah, you ruin the spirit of the thing by blowing it out. Don't, yep. don't do that. Don't do that. And always... But just stay up and watch it burn out, either. Because like you shouldn't just, just leave it unattended, like, burning and burn your house down. 
Just stay up and stare at it in the dark. Yeah. All night long. Like we do until it burns out and the last dime gasps before November 1st. Yep. And number four, always check your candy, Hmm. folks. You never know when your dad might be trying to cyanide poison his way to an insurance payoff. Or your podcast co-host. True. (laughs) Be checking my candy twice. But no, most importantly, and a fifth role I'm adding in, is to have fun. Because this is, well, for a lot of people, it's one night a year. For a lot of us, we celebrate. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Who's checking their candy now, bitch? Kenny couldn't join us because somebody poisoned his candy. I'm not saying it was me, but I am saying that if you want to follow the Haunted Heart podcast on all the news, you should check us out on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. You should check us out on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. And you can check us out on Facebook by searching The Haunted Heart Podcast. You can join our closed Facebook group there so that your friends and family can't see all the bullshit that you post about when your grandma Ann's not looking. You, If you request to join, we will approve you. And then you can talk with us daily about all the spooky things and the true crime things and the horror things. Uh, also, if you will search The Haunted Heart uh, on Facebook, you can pull up our Facebook page. Give us a like if you can spare one. That would be cool. Also on Patreon, I know we mentioned it at the top of the episode, but if you want added bonus content and all kinds of shit uh, that we put out all the time, patreon.com slash the haunted heart. It actually takes a surprising amount of effort and time and money to keep this bullshit on the air. So if you think that we deserve a little bit of coin on the dresser, you know, you can leave it there. Probably going to have to invest significantly in Kenny's medical bills. So The other thing I wanted to mention is if you haven't gotten enough Halloween spookiness from this Halloween special episode, we will be live tonight in the Haunted Heart Podcast Facebook group. We're doing a live Halloween party. It starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Please join us. It should be really cool. We're going to have some cool uh, Halloween-themed food and drinks, and we're going to have some scary stories for you, and it's just going to be a good time. Um, so feel free to join us there. If you can't make it right at 10, feel free to join later. We're not going to fucking call you out for being late. I mean, we might, but it'll be with love. So I think that's it. So look who's back from the dead. So zombie Kenny, are you ready for our sign off? You know what we got to tell him to do. We got to tell you to stay spooky. spooky.